Welcome fellow entrepreneurs to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we talk about Amazon Wholesale and how you can use it to build an e-commerce empire, a side hustle, or anything in between. And now, your host, Todd Welch. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 45 of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. And today, we are diving into repricing on Amazon. I've got on Ian from sellersnap.io, which is the repricer that I have switched to and a lot of other big Amazon sellers are switching to because they have this thing called AI repricing or artificial intelligence repricing, which goes a step above and beyond a lot of their competition. And we really dive in today tips and tricks and tactics that you can do with repricing and also why you should have repricing as an Amazon seller. So really good episode, a lot of really great information. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. Listen to this. You're going to pick up some tips and tricks if you already have a repricer. And then if you're not sure what a repricer is or why you would want a repricer for selling on Amazon, Definitely going to want to stay tuned because we dive into that world as well. And for anyone interested in switching over to SellerSnap or starting to try out SellerSnap, I've secured a 30% off discount for your first month. Just head on over to entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash snap, S-N-A-P. You can get that and you can also pick up a 15-day free trial so you can try them out no questions asked, no credit card or anything. Cancel if you don't want to move forward or you don't even have to cancel, right? You just ignore it and forget about it because no credit card needed, which is good. So entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash snap for that. Show notes and everything else for this episode can be found at entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash 45. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. All right. So today I have Ian Conachero on with us. He is the head of sales and customer success over at SellerSnap, which is the repricer that I have been using for all of my products on Amazon and works fantastically. So Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd, for having me on. Um, I'm really happy to be here and talk about Amazon repricing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to diving into that. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background before we jumped on here? Uh, you mentioned that you are out in Israel. Yeah, so um, I'm actually taking this from from Tel Aviv. Um, as you can see, doing the, the work from home thing um, for the time being during during the pandemic. Um, generally, you know, we we sit in the office um, with with our team. And so the majority of our operations are based out of, are based out of Israel. We have, um, and we have some help from our U S office as well. And the background of seller snap go, um, goes back to, I believe 2017, um, in order to, um, help solve the problem of price wars and repricing. And so between, coming up with a complex strategy and, and, and in the way that we work in an, an AI-based uh, strategy in order to help get the buy box at the pos- highest possible price, SellerSnap is really involved into a solution for both automated repricing 
and an analytic solution for Amazon sellers. Yeah, and before you guys, I was using Be Cool, so B Q O O L, and their software is fine. But you know, and I do pretty good on Amazon. I like to think of myself as one of the uh, the bigger sellers, but sellers even bigger than myself doing like five, ten, twenty million dollars a year turned me on to you guys, and I made the switch. Unfortunately, like right as the pandemic hit, so I couldn't get like a great A B test. Yeah. But, uh, just the different tools and stuff you guys have uh, makes it better than be cool for me. But before we dive into all that stuff, we should probably dive into, because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are maybe just getting started with Amazon and stuff like that and wondering why would they even need a repricer to sell on Amazon? Right. And I think that's a, you know, that is a really good question. And what it comes down to is why we need a repricer is to really understand, you know, what is the buy box and why is it important? And we know that the buy box is important because it's something I read, I read a stat recently that something like 80% of all purchases go through the buy box. When, when I'm on Amazon, just because, you know, I work in this space, I will go and check all the different offers and make that decision. I'll, maybe I can, maybe I'll wait a week and get, pay a little bit less, but especially when it comes to ordering prime and when I need that one thing in my two day shipping, I'm, I'm going straight to the buy box and, um, and place my order. And so because so many people, um, purchase like that, it's important for third party sellers to compete for that space, um, to be in the buy box at the, at the time that the sellers want to, or that the buyers are ready to, to buy. Yeah, for sure. And, and without a repricer, you're pretty much going to be spending the entire day in Seller Central, like updating your prices to try to stay in the buy box, right? Because those prices on a lot of products change by the minute. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's a really good point that, you know, so many sellers out there, I would say the majority of them are using some kind of repricer, whether it is Amazon's, you know, kind of built in repricer that they, that they make available through Seller Central or one of the many third parties out there, because everyone is using this, uh, using some kind of technology to be updating their prices 24 seven. If you are manually repricing, it might be, you might be able to handle it during the day but it's a it's really a full-time job and you're not going to be able to consistently update um you know hundreds or even thousands of listings all day every day 24 7. yeah absolutely now, I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here so it's okay if you don't know this but do you know how many repricing uh how many times seller snap is repricing like every minute or every second or whatever do you have those figures how many are you how many items are you asking how many SKUs that seller snap is repricing at any one time yeah Ooh, i, w I wish we would uh I, I do have those figures available i could look at them i don't know off the top of my head but um it's in the it's in the millions of in the millions of listings absolutely all right, all right. All right. awesome absolutely i'll send that over to you yeah that'll be just a cool stat it doesn't really mean anything necessarily but just kind of an interesting stat for sure but yeah so Amazon's got its own repricer now, which, you know, if people are just starting out, don't have much cash, they're trying to start a business, using something like Amazon's repricer 
would work fine. Um, I'm always a little bit leery of using anything that Amazon puts out because Amazon's main interest is building their business and getting their customers the lowest prices. And my main interest is building my business and increasing my profits. So we're kind of at odds with each other a little bit. Um, hopefully they wouldn't take that into account, but you never know. But why would someone, as they're building their business, want to switch to something like SellerSnap rather than just keep using the free repricer that Amazon gives us? So there, there's a lot of really good points there. And I think one of the first things I want to touch on is in terms of building a business, right? When you are, when you're just getting started, you know, sometimes you got to take what, take what you can get in terms of, uh, and really take your cash flow into account and say, all right, am I going to put, I have a little bit of extra cash. Am I going to put it into more inventory or am I going to put it into software? And that's a business decision, um, uh, from the, from the side of the sellers. But when we're talking about moving into a third party repricer, moving into seller staff in particular, it's really important to make the differentiation between the different types of, of repricers out there. So most of the repricers out there, including the ones on Amazon are what we would call a rule-based repricer. What that means is that the seller would have to go in um, and set up a series of complex rules. If A, then B. And so some common examples are if, I'm not in the buy box, undercut the buy box winner by a penny mm -hmm. to some extent of that. And so it is, yeah. And arguably, you know, some people say, you know, I need to, I need to do that so I can be in the buy box and sell because if I'm not selling, I'm not making money. Who cares if, if it's a little bit less. And then on the other side, there's this idea of, well, I need, I want to maximize the amount. I want to maximize my profit per sale. Mm -hmm. And so that's where seller snap comes into play. Cause what we do is we take a cooperative approach to winning the buy box. So we're not going in and saying, I need to win hundred percent of the buy box every single time. What we're saying is I want to win my fair share of buy box. So if I have one other competitor to make it simple, you know, my fair share is 50%. And so the, going back to my original point about the difference between a rule-based repricer and seller snap is with seller snap. You do not have to set up complex rules in order to, to get started. You really only need to set up your min and max and turn on the repricer and, um, and let it go. Yeah. And you guys call it the AI repricer, right? That's just the default method that it goes to. Correct. So if you were to, if, without making any changes to a listing, you'd be using our default AI method. Absolutely. Okay. So what's the idea behind the AI repricer? What exactly is it looking for? Is it just aiming for like that percentage of the buy box or what all is it doing? That's a good question. So basically it's looking at, it's a two pronged approach, right? Because it's two ideas pulling in two separate directions. It's about getting the buy box number one so I can make that sale. And it's about getting a higher profit for each individual sale. Um, in order to do one, you have to lower the price. And in order to do the other, you have to raise the price. And so what the AI is doing, it's really trying to understand the competitive landscape and understand the, de the decisions that our competitors make based on the decisions that we make. 
And so, you know, a quick example is that if I see my competitor is always undercutting me by a penny, but I, and then I can assume that their, um, that their rule is to undercut me by a penny, that means they're attached to my price. That means I can use um, that information and raise the price. And so if I raise the price to a certain point, they'll come with me. And then from there, then I can be a bit more aggressive, undercut them to capture my buy box share. And we'll start that mini price war, but then I can always reset. And so that means instead of, you know, just capturing buy box all the way down to my min, I'm still taking that same process, but I'm doing it in a different range. I'm doing it at the higher price point. Yeah, for sure. So I have a good example of that in, in work. So I have a product and the person I'm competing against is selling it for $74.99. It doesn't look like they use a pricer because no matter what, what price I'm at, they just stay the same. And so most, like if I was using Amazon or Be Cool, it would match me at $74.99 to get that buy box. And we would split the sales. But what I've actually seen that Seller Snap has done is it didn't match $74.99, but it found out that I get uh, just as good of a buy box percentage at $75.04. And so it keeps it at that. You know, it's not a huge difference. It's like five cents, but you multiply that over maybe 300 products. And, you know, just one example that I've noticed. I'm sure there's tons that I haven't noticed because I, you know, I've got a bunch of products. But um, it's just kind of interesting where other repricers probably would have knocked me down to $74.99. Uh, you guys are keeping me at $75.04 or $5 and uh, getting me the sale still at that price point. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you brought that up because what SellerStop is trying to do is it's going to say, it's going to keep asking itself the question, all right, do I have the buy box? If I have the buy box, can I keep that target percentage at a higher price? And so in this scenario, you know, you said you were at $74.99 and it hit its target buy box share. It's going to say, all right, at $74.99, I'm getting the buy box. Great. What about at $75? Mm-hmm. Um, $75.01, $02.03, until it gets to, um, you know, $75.06 and loses the buy box, then it's able to say, oh, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. Let's back up. And um, I kind of find that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing that I really liked about your software too, that I found really helpful is so I, I sell a lot of like two, three, four, five packs of different products. Right. Mm-hmm. And the problem I've always had in the past with using be cool was that I just had to basically compete on that buy box of that, uh, multi-pack and okay. So let's say the single price product is at $10. And so I want to maybe keep it under $19. So I'd have to set my max at like $19 or $18. But then if the single price went down to say $6 and I'm still at $19, now it doesn't make sense to buy my two pack. Right. But normal repricers, don't know anything about any other ASIN, but what I really liked about yours is I can actually set it to compete against a different ASIN. So I actually set it to compete against the single product and then multiply it to get the price for the two, three, four pack. But then I can also set it to say that, okay, if a FBA person comes on this listing with me, 
let's switch it to now compete against that FBA person so that I can, you know, stay in competition with them. So that I found really useful for like multi-packs and things like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of what you're using, what we call that is um, follow-related ASIN. And we also, and we have follow-related ASIN and we also have follow-multiple-related ASIN. It's a great use case, exactly what you came up with, is when I have a multi-pack, when I create my own bundles, and I am generally the only seller on a listing. Um, and so that could go for bundle creation or even a private label product as well. Um, it puts you in a position where, all right, I don't have a... I don't have someone to compete against in the buy box, but that doesn't mean I don't have competition. And so it allows you to stay in a competitive landscape. And to go off the first point you were talking about, um, when we're talking about one packs, two packs, and three packs, you know, we also want to be really careful because Amazon will pay, does pay attention to that. And um, they will, they try to discourage, you know, selling a two pack at a higher price than I could buy two one pack for yeah especially right now with the with all the the you know quote air uh price gouging that amazon mm -hmm. claims is going on right now um and i was listening here to conversation earlier not to get off topic or anything but uh they were talking about you know by them having a floor you know where with their fees and everything a bottom price that you can sell something at and then now they're coming from the top trying to stop, uh, you know, price uh, fix, not price fixing, but uh, price gouging. They're almost creating a circumstance where they're price fixing, right? They're like, your price has to be in this range to uh, sell. Not anything to do with repricing, but it's just an interesting idea that I, I could see Amazon getting in trouble for that too. I mean, you know, Amazon, I'm sure Amazon has their own, uh, regulatory problems that they're working with both internally and externally. We see that when, um, you know, Jeff Bezos goes to Congress or the EU subpoenas Amazon as well in terms of, um, you know, fair practices. So it's, we, it's a, it's a weird world where this almost self-governing entity that is Amazon is now going to, seems like it might be more and more governed by the actual governments of, of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to happen. It's, it's always just a matter of time as businesses get super big like Amazon. So it's going to be interesting to watch how it falls down and everything plays out here for sure. So let's see. So the other thing that I really like with your guys' software is uh, just the dashboard where I can see my um, like profit and you know the total number of sales my profit my profit margin my roi and everything like that a lot of people use like something like sellerboard for that information and i'm kind of getting that all right in your guys's software which is really nice as well yeah you know i think that is a major value proposition for amazon sellers where you can start to use seller snap for for more and more um for more and more tasks in your day-to-day -day, um, as an Amazon seller. And especially when it comes to repricing, information on your P&L is, is super important. And so I think it's, it's really nice not to have to go to another third-party solution to see those numbers and then, um, and then go back to SellerSnap to make any adjustments. You can, you can kind of do it all in one place. 
Yeah, for me, it's really nice because I can just log into the repricer, you know, if I'm going to make a change or something anyways, and I can just see my numbers right there at the top, compare it to last week and everything and actually see, you know, if I made a change or something, see how that change took effect. So it's really nice, really helpful for me. Uh, what other uh, things, uh, I know there's a lot of other from that drop down on Seller Snap. What other ways can we do repricing that you guys recommend on Seller Snap? There, there's a few. There's a few different things you can do. Um, you know, the AI being our main repricing strategy. The majority of our sellers will use the AI at least out of the box for brand new listings to see how it works. And of course, with the million sellers out there, and even and the millions of listings from those millions of sellers. There's no one size fits all, you know, solution, repricing method for every single listing. So having the ability to customize your your repricing strategy is is super important. And I think that's what you're that's what you're referring to. And so in addition to the AI, and we also spoke about um, you know, follow follow related ASIN as well, we have a large number of um, you know, rule-based methods. So just like the rule-based methods you would find in many of our other third-party competitors and within Amazon, we have things like um, follow lowest FBA, lowest FBM, follow buy box. Um, and that, that's kind of a given. But um, the really cool aspect that um, I want to talk about is our win buy box strategy, number one. And number two, conditional repricing. And so the win buy box strategy basically says, allows the user to put their own target buy box strategy instead of letting the AI do it. And what the win buy box strategy will do is it'll become more and more aggressive in order to hit that target buy box share. So if the cooperative strategy of the AI is not aggressive enough for you, what you can do is you can always increase that and say, you know, let's become more aggressive on this listing because I need to move more product or even I need to liquidate product. So that's number one. Number two is the conditional um, repricing. And the reason why I really like this is because it allows me to use both AI repricer and other repricing methods in certain scenarios. This does work kind of like a, a rule-based system. So it's almost a hybrid model. So one of the really common ones that um, I'll use with sellers or I'll suggest to sellers is I want to use the AI strategy unless I'm not getting a purchase. And so there's scenarios on lower velocity items where maybe you get a purchase in 12, 24, 48 hours. And what I can do is I can set a condition that says, if no purchase in 24 hours, let's move to a different strategy such as win buy box. And so what will happen is that condition will stay on win buy box and keep competing for that higher buy box percentage until I make that sale. And then I'll move back to the AI strategy once I made that sale to, you know, kind of reset and, and keep that price elevated. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm just looking through the drop down here and it's always nice. You know, the AI is awesome uh, because like you said, a lot of times you can just set it and forget it. And one thing I've seen with a lot of new people who are trying to set up a repricer is they are having trouble trying to figure out the million different settings that, some of these softwares have. So having that AI repricer is golden 
but also having the fine-tuning things like you mentioned, uh, if you want to kind of dig a little bit deeper and make things change uh, or a little bit differently. I'm just looking at the drop down here. Um, you've guys got like win buy box, like you mentioned, um, set to last purchase price, reoccurring price change, follow buy box, follow competitor, fixed price, set to max price, set to min, follow related ASINs, follow multiple, follow lowest multiple competitors and so on and so on lots of different options that we can do and like you said the conditional thing is awesome right you you might not use a lot of these just by themselves but if a certain condition is met then you can switch between them which is really nice to get advanced like that if you want to um, not really necessary though um, right and you know i really i usually suggest that when we're starting out to use the ai repricer because it takes the, the complication out of it, right? And because I've seen a ton of setups and often how we'll describe it kind of internally is when you are making a list of complicated rules, it's pretty easy to, we call it kind of poking holes or I call it poking holes. It's really easy to poke holes in the strategies and where sellers kind of back themselves into a corner because they don't tell the repricer what to do in a specific scenario. So the AI repricer really helps take out that, that guesswork. And the last thing that I want to talk about is, I forgot to mention this because it is actually really new as of this week. So it'll, by the time this airs, it'll already have been out for a few weeks, is, um, is we're working on, we've just launched and we're in kind of a beta stage of velocity-driven repricing. So it's, um, it's just one more thing that seller staff is doing in order to um, provide more options and more scenarios for, for all of our sellers and all different kinds of sellers. Okay, explain that one a, a little bit more. What exactly is that going to be doing if we set for that one? What this does is you get to pick one of two strategies. You'd either get to target, excuse me, um, minimum orders or total orders in a given time period. And what it's gonna do is it's gonna try to raise and lower the price and kind of find that sweet spot so you can continually sell and hit that target number of orders in let's say a 30 day period. And this repricing method, it's really important to understand that this is for items that you generally have more velocity on. Um, because in terms of, and I'm not an economics expert by, by any means, but in terms of, you know, price elasticity and understanding, like, does my price matter um, in between, you know, a dollar here and there when I'm only moving, you know, three, four, five, six items a month? Probably not. So we're talking about more items that are, are a little bit more hot and um, you're selling a higher volume in a given time period. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because, you know, if especially I could see if you were like a, had an exclusive on a product or something, you know, and so you're working with the brand, the brand obviously wants to sell more, you want to make more profit, but you could set it to say, I want to make sure I sell 500 of these a month at least, but otherwise make sure to try to maximize my profit. Am I understanding that right? In, in, a, very, in a very simple term, right. You, it's about saying, I want to make sure that I sell 500 because I need to, I need to order 
500 a month to keep my, to keep my deal, for example. And then once I hit, um, once I hit that target, I can start to afford to take a little bit, uh, try to raise the price and see if I can't keep selling more at the higher price point and still have that maximization. For sure. Yeah. I can definitely see the, the benefit of that. And it's always good to have the more options, right? Because everybody's going to be different. You know, I've been working with you to, to do things that probably other people aren't necessarily doing, like with the uh, API, for example, um, because I want mm-hmm. to basically inject my costs right into your guys' software so my virtual assistants aren't having to manually enter that stuff all the time. And if something changes in my, um, in my, uh, my software where I keep all the information on my inventory, it'll just push it over to... Uh, seller snap. So that's one of the big reasons that I moved over to you guys as well, because you have the API, which for anybody who's not familiar with programming, that's like the programming interface connection between two softwares so that they can talk to each other and send data back and forth. Right. And, you know, I was, well, I don't know if you, if you watched it, um, I think it was last week or the week before there was a, um, kind of like a big webinar conference thing hosted by Amazon called Accelerate. And they had a lot of different people talking about uh, different aspects of Amazon. And one of the things that I remember, and you know, it's, it was something like, it was hours of, you know, watching videos, so you're not going to absorb everything. But one of the things that stuck with me is for Amazon sellers to develop these kinds of partnerships and to take on the, and to add, you know, thoughtfully add um, SaaS solutions, software solutions to their, um, to their software stack in order to automate processes and really find that competitive advantage over their other Amazon sellers. And so whether that is a repricing solution, an inventory management system, or even what you're doing about trying to um, make that connection to take that one extra step off, out of your out of your day so you and your team can focus on other places to increase efficiency finding ways to make your life easier is one of the ultimate competitive advantages that was my takeaway from from kind of from what i was um listening to last week yeah for sure it's it's super important and and like another thing that i want to do with your guys' software uh you know once my programmer really understands the api and we get everything working is I want to create software to do it automatically for me. For example, let's say I'm looking at a product and for whatever reason, it hasn't gotten any sales in like a week. I want it to automatically uh, lower the min price and lower the max price. So it just keeps coming down, you know, and just keep dropping it maybe by a penny, like every hour or 25 cents every hour until it starts getting sales. And so that, that, inventory is not just sitting there because we don't want to start collecting fees and stuff like that from uh, uh, storage and things like that. So that's another thing that I want to do right now. That's something that my virtual assistants, they go in and they got to manually, you know, download all the listings and look at everything and, and make those changes. But doing that by the API and just having a program, just doing that all the time would be so much easier and save a lot of time. Absolutely. And that, and that at the end of the day is the definition of, you know, time is money. 
and what you're doing right now and setting it up and putting uh, putting the extra resources into coming up, making the API connection and coming up with the strategy is an investment into, you know, into the future of your, of your Amazon business. Yep, for sure. Yeah, as you grow, it's definitely all about finding those uh, different automations that you can do and ways to decrease expenses and, and stuff like that and just be more competitive, really, because it's like with the example that I just said, it's, it's so hard. Uh, I'm at about 300 different products that I'm carrying, but there are people who are carrying, like you said, thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of different products. And it's just impossible to go through that one by one without some kind of computer program going through that stuff for you. So if I can develop that now at 300 products, when I get to 1,000, 3,000, it'll just be so much easier. Yeah. And I think that the best piece of advice for this kind of process is to also develop the system, but also develop a way to kind of audit the decision-making processes that this, that the strategy in your system that you're building now is going to put into place because things will change in six months in a year in in five years and so once you put that system in place you want to put yourself in a position where you know we're two quarters from now i can look back and i can say is this working for me and just like everything else you said if you don't do it now it's just going to become a, a bigger and bigger um task as as you grow Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Automation is huge. You know, like we talked about at the very beginning, why do you need a repricer? And it's, it's really all about the automation, right? So you're not sitting in there repricing a product 50 times a day because your competition is. And if you're not keeping up with that, you're, you're not going to be, uh, be able to compete, unfortunately. And, and one thing I just thought of that would be awesome in the software, and maybe it is in there and I'm just not finding it. So we were talking about the packs, right? So competing mm-hmm. against the one pack for the two pack. What would be really nice, and the one thing that I don't see is, so competing with the one pack, right? And then you do the conditional statement. If there's an FBA seller, compete with the FBA seller, which is fine. But it'd be nice if there's one more step in there where if there's an FBA seller and they're lower price, then compete with the FBA seller. I do understand what you're saying. And I, and I, I kind of, I'm just trying to think if there's a way that we can do that. Cause look at, so my, my thought is always that there are generally multiple roads to the same point. Um, and so I think that what what I'm hearing from you is saying that I only want to comp- I want to I, don't, I only want to compete with that FBA seller if they're competing with me if they're competing for the buy box because just saying if they're lower than me I want to compete is one thing but if they're in general competing for the buy box that's a, that's the similar point right because I still want to pay I still want to pay attention to that and so we do have an option that says if FBA seller exists and is competing for buy box, the little tick box in there, mm-hmm. then you can make that decision. And so basically what we're saying is, you know, if I have that FBA competitor and they're at a fixed price and it, they don't matter right now, leave them alone. Stay with my, my default repricing method. 
But if they are actively competing with me, that's when I want to make sure I'm, I'm making decisions to, to stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That would definitely be helpful. Uh, so the only step on top of that, and we might be getting a little too into the weeds for the podcast, but that's all right. I think you should sure. So let's say I'm on the two pack and the one pack is at $10. So I have the two pack at $18 and someone comes in the buy box and matches me at $18. So now it switches over to the AI repricer, right? Because we're competing. What if the AI repricer brings the buy box up to $20 or $22? Cause that's where I have my max price set at. And now the price of the two pack is higher than the one pack. That's a pretty granular scenario. To switch back and say, Hey, let's go back to competing against the ASIN because now that price is lower. I would have to, um, I would have to look at that. And I'm, I think we could take, take that specific scenario offline and look at the different setups together and see how it would react because I'm also very visual. So it, make, it makes more sense for me to, to, you know, talk it out, write it down, look at the different sets and decide what the best setup is. Um, but you're right. There are always going to be situations when we have two different objectives, um, such as making sure that my, my one or my two pack is always more competitive than my one pack per unit. And that my one pack is competitive against any other competitors that it has in the buy box. Those are two different objectives that we have to look at and, it, it, it can get, it can get rather complicated, but I, um, that is a great segue into the, into seller snaps, um, support team that we're more than happy to help you out with that. And you probably noticed on your, on the platform and, um, that we have, that, we have that help button, we have the knowledge base. And if you have a question like that, we're more than happy to, you know, dig into that, help you come up with a strategy that works for you based on the tools that we have. And, you know, our team is super responsive and super helpful in that way. Yep, for sure. I've used you guys to support quite a bit. Uh, you know, we've been working on the API and everything. You guys, you guys are definitely responsive. For me, that's one of the, the biggest things in software. Obviously, you guys have the AI repricer advantage. But the biggest thing for me for any software is the support that you receive when you're using the software, because that's, just what separates everybody apart. I mean, you can get cheaper software for sure, but you know, a lot of times you get what you pay for, especially in the support department, which gets cut real fast as the price goes down. Yeah. And you know, it, it kind of makes sense in, in that, in that manner, because there's a lot of things that um, come into it. And one of the things that makes the support team really strong is existing and having, and having capable people, who are there and who really want to help the customers in order to help them succeed. And that goes, whether that goes for software companies like, uh, like us, like seller step, but also for, for Amazon sellers when it comes down to reviews and, um, and customer in, input through Amazon. Yep. Yeah. It's huge. I'm always surprised. Like when I'm looking at different softwares and I go to a, a website and I'm looking, I, I'm, I have a certain question. So I send like a message to their chat or their support and they'll like, never get back to you sometimes or it'll take days or something. It's like, ah, you know, I haven't even started using you guys and, and you can't get back to me. So how is that going to work once I'm an actual customer, you know? Yeah. I mean, working, working in software, it's a tough solution or it's a tough situation out there. You got to balance, 
there's a lot about there's a balancing act to that. But again, you know, it's important that um, you know we put for seller staff that we put customers first, and we do everything we can to help solve the problem. Are we perfect in terms of being able to solve a problem every single time? No, that and that's part of that's part of being human. That's part of being limited by by um, technology. But I think that also brings a different aspect in that we we are aware of that and we are aware that you know there are humans on the other side of our platform, our users who put their trust in the the platform and our team to do everything they can or to do everything we can in order to help their Amazon business. And that's something that you know we can guarantee is that we're always going to, you know, kind of put on for our customers. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Uh, always a benefit to have good support for sure. So anything else that we are forgetting any tricks or tips or secrets that we should add in here? In terms of, in terms of repricing and in terms of, in terms of repricing, I think it covered everything. We need to look at, at the big picture and then go granular from there. So I know a lot of sellers will go in and then try to make complicated rules with the AI repricer, even though they're not quite sure what it's doing. You know, my opinion is always try out the AI repricer, see how it works and then make our adjustments as we go. So that's number one. Don't try to do too much in the beginning. You want to take it step by step and do it in the right way. So we don't have to backtrack erase everything we did and then start from the beginning anyways. And then the second thing that we really want to get into is the data. There are, and I always lose track of this because we're adding it all the time. There are, you know, probably 60 or 70, maybe even more different data points for each individual listing that sellers can dive into. And so my tip is to look at that, um, look at that column section and we have hidden and visible columns. So look at that column section and look at those different data points that you might even, you might not even know that it, it matters to your business, but, and it might ring a bell that says, Oh, this is something that I didn't even know I needed that is available to me and use the filters to find where it affects your bottom line the most. And that's how you can really get the most out of your business. I know as, when I talk to sellers about repricing and using repricer, it's really easy for me to say, oh, let's look at all the winners. Let's look at all the places where, where seller snap killed it and was able to get, you know, more profit per sale, uh, more buy box share. That's the easy part. The hard part, and I think the most important part is to say, let's find the areas for improvement. What wasn't going well and what steps can I take in order to do better? And I think coming from just kind of taking a different perspective on that and in terms of how I'm looking at data is one of the best things I can do for, for, my, for my business, for, for an Amazon yeah. business. Yeah, absolutely. Data is definitely king, that's for sure. You got to know how to manipulate the data and use it to your advantage. But uh, having it, like you said, there are, a lot of information in here from, you know, the percentage of time that you won the buy box and your revenue, total profit, ROI, average win price and things like that. So a lot of really great info. And one thing that I just noticed that I think is really important for us to touch on because 
I think most repricers don't have it, is the ability to set a product as small and light, and then it calculates it on the correct uh, fees for the small and light program. And right. I think that is, is killer having that to be able to actually reprice on those right settings. Yeah. I mean, when it comes and it's both a repricing, um, we can look at it both from repricing and analytics, because if I'm looking at my, if I'm calculating my profit based on a higher fee, my profit's going to come out smaller and I don't have a, as good of an idea of my cash flow, and that can be a problem in itself. And then from the repricing standpoint is that if I'm looking at all of those kind of, you call them post-sale costs, you know, those variable Amazon fees, FBA fees, um, referral fees, things like that. If those are inflated as well, that means I would unintentionally inflate my min price or I could unintentionally inflate my min price to keep that, you know, minimum markup. And that would also make me a bit less competitive in certain, in certain situations. So it is definitely a really important thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And you guys have that in there. Like I said, I don't know if anybody else does it for anybody that isn't familiar with small and light, it's a program in Amazon. So if you log into seller central, I think you go to programs and then seller programs or something like that. But what it is, is for products under $7, and at a decent sales velocity, you can actually get uh, cheaper fees, uh, referral fees and everything for Amazon so that you can keep the price of that product below $7 and still make a good profit on it. Uh, typically the shipping will be a little bit longer, like three to four days instead of the one to two days like Amazon promises. Although I found a lot of times that it still gets there within the two days anyways. Uh, but I do a lot of that. I'm, I've got quite a few products now in the small and light program. It works really well for me. And so yeah, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, and the small and light prod, um, program is, you know, great for a lot of sellers. And the main thing is, is that you want to make sure you don't break that, that threshold, that upper threshold set by Amazon because you will get automatically re-enrolled. And then if you drop below that, that price again, you have the chance of selling, um, having those fees be, at the at that higher rate so that's also something that we want to take into account when setting our max prices for small and light products yep yep absolutely make sure it doesn't go above that seven dollar mark it used to be i think fourteen dollars i believe but then amazon changed it down to seven dollars yeah there and there's bound to be more change to that and again that is um that's why utilizing seller snap in terms of staying up to date with your, with your fees, because we pull those fees directly from Amazon, anytime that a referral fee changes, we'll, uh, we'll automatically update that yep. on the listing level. And you'll be able to see how that affects your, how, how that affects your markup. For sure. So here's another thing, and it may not be possible because I've never seen any repricer yet that is able to reprice the business buy box. Are you guys okay. familiar with that? And is that something yeah. possible or is that not even in the Amazon API possibility? The business buy box is a, is a bit complicated. Business pricing is something that actually as of this week, um, it's available on the platform. Oh. We, did, uh, we did what we call a, um, a soft launch. So um, we have it told everybody about it. It is available to everybody. Um, but if you go to your store settings and you go to the repricing tab, you'll be able to see 
that there is a toggle to turn on business pricing. And then what you can do from there is you will be able to set a quantity discount or be, be able to set a business price discount and then quantity discounts up to that, um, after that up to five tiers. And, um, and from there, it will put you in a, in a space where you can compete on business pricing. Okay, nice. Yep. I just looked in there and it is there for me. So I will have to play with that. Uh, what I've been doing for now, um, and for anybody who doesn't have that or isn't using SellerSnap, because I, like I said, most buy, uh, reprices don't have it, is I've just been using you guys to reprice the main buy box. And then in Amazon's repricer, I use Amazon's repricer to price the business buy box 1% lower than uh, the normal buy box. And that's actually a really cool trick that I learned. I think it might've been from Scott Needham at Buy Boxer might've mentioned that. Um, but really cool trick that helps you kind of steal the buy box for business customers and things. But being able to do it in your guys' software will be even better because I'm sure you'll have a lot more options than what Amazon's repricer has. Yeah, and you know, it work, it's gonna work in a similar way. Like you said, you know, reprice a, um, a, percentage, a percentage point below um, the actual listed price. So we are still going to be connected to that listed price as we go up and down. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's generally going to be the way that, that it works and um, give it a try out and, um, and let us know, let us know how it goes. For sure. I will definitely do that. All right, Ian, I think we've covered pretty much everything here. I, I wanted to mention that you guys are giving our listeners 30% uh, off their first month if they decide to sign up with you guys. And they can get that discount by going to entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash snap, S-N-A-P. And that will redirect them over to your guys' website uh, and include that discount on there. So that's really awesome. Appreciate that. Uh, I think currently as a recording of this, your guys' uh, first price level is at 250 Is that correct? Yeah, so the 250 is is um, our accelerator program. And basically, there is a very short application process where we are you know, really investing in growing Amazon sellers um, by giving them the premium repricing solution at a severely discounted, uh, at a discounted rate. And, um, it's, it's a program that goes on for six months. So we guarantee that that rate for six months and hopes and helping customers build up to be able to afford some of the, the other tiers, which, um, are at 500 and $800 price points. Um, and so you can read all about the accelerator program at sellersnap.io and check out our pricing page. And it will talk about all the ins and outs of the accelerator program, our standard package and our premium tier as well. Yeah, for sure. And I can hear some of the people out there like $250. Are you crazy? Be cool is like 25. Amazon's free. And, you know, regardless of everything we've already talked about, about why you guys are better. And there's a reason that I find found out from you guys from sellers who are bigger than me, right? You use the tools that give you the competitive advantage. And that's what you guys are doing over a lot of the other reprices that are out there. Right. It's a, if you can get that competitive advantage and also if you can save some time because all you have to do is set your mins and maxes and turn it on, you don't have to play with the repricing rules. You know, it's, 
you got to look at the different value, um, the value points from the repricing standpoint, um, time saving standpoint, and also the additional insights that you can get from all the different data points that SellerSnap offers. For sure. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. So entrepreneurventure.com forward slash snap, you guys can get your 30% off your first month and check it out. And if you're already using a repricer, you know, hopefully you can be in a better situation than I was when I made the switch of COVID hitting and then everything going haywire. Um, you'll be able to get, you know, a better A-B test and switch from your current pricer, test out SellerSnap for a month and just see the difference that it makes and see if it makes sense for you. I think it'll be a good way for people to go forward. Absolutely. You know, come out. We do have a we do have the um, the free 15 day trial. You know, there's no credit card, uh, no credit card down, no commitment. And at the end of the day, you know, it's all about trying out the trying out the different softwares and trying to figure out you know what pieces to the puzzle you need um, to to support your business. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ian, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and I appreciate you guys making Seller Snap. I really like it a lot. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for your time as well. And, you know, being such a great customer and um, this was really fun. I hope to do it again soon. Absolutely. Have a great one, Ian. All right. So there you go. Thank you so much for making it this far in the episode. I hope you enjoyed all that great information, that great conversation we just had with Ian, a lot of good information there, I think. Hopefully you learned something. If you did, please like, share, and comment on this video. Give it a thumbs up if you're over there on YouTube and hit that subscribe button down below to get more information and other great content just like this. Really be helpful. Show notes, entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash 45. And to get your 30% off your first month and that 15-day free trial, remember entrepreneuradventure.com forward slash snap, S-N-A-P to check that out. And with that, that wraps up this episode. I'm your host, Todd Welch, signing out. Happy selling, everybody. This has been another episode of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast. Thanks for listening, fellow entrepreneur. And always remember, success is yours if you take it.